Coming to you live on a Tuesday night. Welcome to the All That Jazz podcast where all of you jazz fans come for the best jazz takes out there. We are your hosts, Ben Jones and Zach Hazeldine. You're leading off with me again. Leading off with you again. The brains of the show, the creator of the show, the brawn behind the show. I won't say I'm the beauty, but... Just give yourself some credit. You know? Well, you know, here we are. It's the All That Jazz podcast. And uh, all of you listeners, you're with us, and we welcome you. Um, it's been an interesting couple of days, um, mm-hmm. and we're going to jump right into it. Um, first things first, let's get through some administration. We had a couple new interactions with the show that we'd like to call out by way of people who have made themselves known for the first time to the All That Jazz podcast ben do you want to pull up our uh, email account oh boy uh we apologize for the audio last week last we week. had some technical difficulties there's this one stupid little setting because we try to be professionals as we can as we record this from our uh, super high-tech basement studio on two microphones instead of one um we actually had somebody email us Will Brennan, we thank you. You're the first person that's interacted with our email account, which at this point, it may or may not be an honor. Yeah, but if listen, if, if there's something you guys are concerned about or we're doing something wrong, please, like this gentleman, tell us because we just we want to know if we're messing something up. We just want to know your thoughts in general. I mean, you can email us and say, hey, guys, we had these thoughts, and it could be about the jazz. Yeah, honestly. And in Will's case, he said, hey, guys, you guys suck. Like, like the audio sucks. Right. And we appreciate that. You're keeping us honest. So, Will, coming to you live in mono sound. Mm -hmm. Also, um, we had a gentleman. Do we know if it was a gentleman? No. It was from Reddit, and this individual complimented the show and and in my eyes complimented the show in that this person said the uh the only thing this show is mixing missing is more office references it was on twitter actually oh was it on twitter so it was our first twitter interaction we have a twitter yes we do what's our handle then jazz underscore pod you can follow us there there you have it follow us on twitter um we're still debating what the title of this show will be but depending on how it goes we might dedicate it to this soul who's listened to the show mm-hmm. um want to lead off on perhaps the darkest note that we've ever let off on the show with um as all of you know because we're all basketball heads here um the passing of kobe bryant and uh we don't want to get into the news. We're not newsbreakers here. We're jazz talk radio or podcast, whatever. But we do feel that this is something that we should probably just discuss and get out. You know, let's yeah. let's let's get it out and get it out in the open and and kind of share some thoughts. Um, so we won't go over the details because we've we've heard all those as fans. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did think we needed to take a minute and pay our respects. Yeah, absolutely. Um, First thing that I really kind of noticed was that was kind of one of those things that happens where you probably will always remember where you were when you read the news. Mm-hmm. Where were you, Ben? I was in my room taking a nap, and I wake up. My brother texted me 
in our little jazz group chat, Spencer he said Kobe Bryant's dead, and you know I, I still kind of don't believe it. So yeah, and it was, for me it was kind of the same thing. I, I was actually at church, and I got a bunch of text messages from my friends. It's kind of one of those things that I'll probably never forget. You know, I, I it was disbelief. Um, if we're being frank, I I said wait, and what did you just say? And you know, soon after everything was confirmed, it kind of began to sink in. Um, and later that evening, we were at a family party, and there was a bunch of us all sitting around. And I think all of us kind of had the same reaction, which was, "Why is this hitting me so hard?" Yeah, you know. And every single one of us kind of had our unique experience in in realizing, like, "Holy crap!" Like. This is hitting me like a ton of bricks. Yeah, I mean, you know, he is one of the greatest basketball players to play. Um, I don't, like, we're not going to go into detail. It's not the time to talk about where he stands. But, um, you know, the NBA hasn't really lost that many players. Uh, Tragically, yeah, especially. Yeah, but, I mean, you look at the top 25 list, very few are are, are dead, actually, when you look at it. Um, but just losing, you know, someone, maybe the most iconic player, maybe between like the top three between Jordan, LeBron and Kobe, those three are kind of is at least my generation are the, the three guys that you just know that are undoubtedly in that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, for me and I'm. I don't know if I might consider it a generation older than you, Ben. You're an old man. You're 30 years old. I Well, thanks for revealing that to all of our show. <laughs> they probably thought I was some smart whiz-bang, you know, 40-year-old with all this experience, and now they know I'm just a just a punk, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Kobe, though, to me, he was kind of the last of the golden era in in basketball. You know, and I know he, he primarily, his prime was in the 2000s, so that's technically not true. But of guys that are in the NBA, or that I really watched in the NBA, that he was kind of the last one in style that came from that golden era of the late 90s and mid-90s of, of NBA basketball. And I, as a Jazz fan, it was it was really kind of unique to kind of go through the emotions of all this because I remember the 2000s. Kobe was at his prime. The Lakers were at their prime. I mean, they they three-peated, and he went on to win two other championships and were always in the conversation. And he scored 60 on us. He dropped 60 on us. On the last game of his career, he scored 60 on us. Mm -hmm. And I I remember being so pissed off (laughs) going to Lakers games as a Jazz fan because we would be ahead, would have a lead. And, and yeah, we won sometimes, but I also remember – all the times that we'd have a lead, and then somewhere in the third or fourth quarter, Kobe, you know, was about to go off. Mm-hmm. And you, there was a million Lakers fans. It drives me nuts. What for other reason? They all come out of the dark and they all show up, and like half of our home arena is filled with the wrong purple and gold, you know, and Kobe Bryant fans. And I remember just hating that so badly. And then growing up as a teenager through the 2000s, inevitably the next day, I'm in the driveway 
pretending I'm playing for the Utah Jazz while I am impersonating Kobe Bryant. <laughs> I'm still in the moves that he put on us the night before. I'm trying to hit a fadeaway the way he hit it, pull up, and playing with the tenacity that he did. You know, and that that's kind of my relationship and my thought of Kobe Bryant. And just to kind of sum all this up, um, because there are, you know, the world goes on, and although we mourn, there's jazz basketball to discuss here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think the jazz did a, a really beautiful job when he retired in that video where it kind of summed up everything that I said and the competition and the battle. And then you know that they highlight that one playoff game where he turned around and just exploded at the crowd, mm-hmm. who was right on top of him. That's the Kobe Bryant that I'll always remember, you know. And mm-hmm. and beyond that, seeing how he just flourished post retirement, you know, it, it's as we've all heard a million times, it we'll, we'll always wonder what he would have accomplished. Yeah, I mean, my memory of Kobe, the, the I was I've been thinking about this the past two days was. Uh, I'll disclose my age on this episode. I'm 18, so I'm... Everyone thought you were older, Ben. Yeah, I know. Everyone does. I uh, thought you were older until just now. <laughs> yeah, you're an old man. You're 30. But I, there was a, a playoff series where the Jazz got swept by the Lakers, and we had played the Nuggets in the first round. And I was walking home from school. I think I was in, like, first or second grade, and I had my Carlos Boozer jersey on. I know, yeah. Uh... And a, Bruce was the man before he was an idiot. <laughs> I think he was an, always an idiot. True. But uh, I was walking home, and there was this Lakers fan walking his dog. And he was like, go Lakers, la, la, la. I was like, Ugh. Smack talking a he, first grader. Well, no, it was like the friendly thing. Yeah. And uh, I just remember, like, thinking when I, like after that encounter being like ugh I wish we didn't have to play the Lakers like I wish we could play Carmelo again but I mean I was thinking about that like Kobe that was like his thing it's like you didn't want to play him you know absolutely I mean absolutely not it was kind of the worst thing you, you could ever imagine because mm-hmm. there was inevitably going to be a point in some game where he would rip your heart out of your chest let you watch it stop beating mm-hmm. and then hit a three in your face just to add insult to yeah injury. well and the, and a point about that was we all i mean there's the the famous game where he airballed all, all those shots against the jazz and what did he say in the locker room what did he say i don't know this isn't going to define me it's something to that effect and it was like that kind of confidence that was just that's and that's the thing i admire about kobe the most was he wasn't going to let you know this one game to find his career and he didn't um he no. mo- he moved on from failure and he worked his butt off and i mean that's i mean when you talk about like a basketball player what you want out of him he he filled a lot of those categories of love for the game and hard alpha work dog. And alpha dog and toughness we're not going to talk about him as a teammate um but yeah yeah you know i'll, I'll kind of wrap up with just a couple more thoughts you know and I think one of the things that kind of highlight that work, I cannot remember where I read this story. It was years ago. But it was I think it might have been his last stint with Team USA during the Olympics. Um, and I cannot remember where it was or who played on the team. It might have been the year that, like, Carmelo, like, turned into, like, super mellow when he was surrounded by five other All-Stars and, like, passed the ball a lot. Do you remember that? 
uh, what year you were for, like 2012? Was he on the it, Knicks it, or the it was, I I can't remember, but it was the year that it, the the point of all this is Kobe, and I can't remember what it was, but there was a trainer or an assistant coach that released this article um, or this statement about him. And I guess when he went over there, I mean, because they play basketball like in a week, like is the whole tournament is like, mm-hmm. maybe it's a little bit more than that, but the whole Olympics only last two. So maybe a week and a half. I don't think Kobe ever acclimated to the time zone he was in. He kept, and then the purpose of it all was to keep his own routine. So this this assistant tells this story of how he, uh, he gets this text or this phone call, and it's Kobe Bryant, and it's three in the morning. You know, as a coach, you probably don't ever want to see. It's probably your worst nightmare. But from Kobe, it was a phone call saying, hey, man, um, can't sleep. Don't feel like sleeping. How about coming and getting a workout in? His coach is like, I'm a coach. I have to. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to turn down somebody that wants to work hard. So he goes to the gym. Kobe's already been there for 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. He's already worked up a sweat. And he proceeds to work out for the next, like, three or four hours until practice starts for Team USA goes through the whole practice and it keeps that way for the duration of the entire tournament and you see that kind of thing where you're like man most guys it's the summer <laughs> it's the off season you're already playing basketball and today's olympic game it's not a cakewalk for these you know nba guys the global talent's good enough to where you'll get beat if you show up and sleep mm-hmm. and there's kobe outside at three in the morning not sleeping but working his butt off yeah, I mean, I, it's just that kind of stuff that just it, it impresses me beyond hating him because he played for the Lakers. Yeah. Um, so it's just it's one of those things. It's just the saddest thing that I think anyone could ever imagine. And and the other people on the, the of copter. course, yeah. of course. I mean, they released a thing today that was all about the coach that he was with that coached his daughter's team mm-hmm. and Kobe's relationship with, and it just rips your heart out. Yeah. And so. You know, it's the basketball world's morning. We lost a great person, a great person, and a great basketball mind, and something that we'll probably never see again. Yeah, yeah. Mamba forever. Yeah, I, I we're good on that. I think we end on that. Yeah, that was uh, that was hard to talk about. It was. It's hard to go through, but I think as we all heard from the players and media, the thing that Kobe would want is for us to move on. And to get back to our competitive ways and start competing and start moving through it, play through the pain. That's what mm. Donovan said. Yeah. So um, on that note. Jazz basketball, do we get there? Let's move on to the Utah Jazz, where we had a whole bunch of stuff happen over the last so, week. So do we want to start with this? Just Do we want to also get this other terrible thing out of the way with the Rockets game? Or do you want to? Do you want to start with the good or start with the bad? Because I feel like it's kind of all one blended mess in my mind. And Mm -hmm. here's here's the thing: we play two tweets and a lie. Right now, we're going to play two bads or two goods and a bad. Take your pick. Let's you know. Let's get let's get good. Let's do something good. That was uh, okay. Good number one. The Jazz sweep the Golden State Warriors Warriors in the season series. Yay. Woo-hoo. The Warriors suck. <laughs> oh, they suck at epic proportions. But I'll yeah. tell you something about that game. Rudy Gobert sure looked good. Yeah, he's playing his butt off. Um, we win that Golden State game 129-96. to It feels like so long ago. It, it feels like an eternity <laughs> ago. And as I'm looking at the numbers, 
pretty much everybody played well. Donovan had 23. Joe Ingles had 11. Rigo Bear had 22. Bojan had 18. We had some okay bench performances from Clarkson and Niang, and we won by a lot. Yeah, I mean, you can't. We shot uh, 53% from the floor. Yeah. You and like 46% from three. You can't ask for much better than that. Um, Warriors suck. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't really even remember plays from that game. <laughs> yeah. I, What's uh, your I usually can just recall stuff like this. Yeah. It feels but that like game so feels like it was an eternity ago, and it was because it lives in the shadow of good number two that win against the uh, Mavericks. Mm-hmm. I think that's where we should talk and talk about and compare the Mavs game as well as with the uh, the dreaded Rockets game. Oh, yeah, that Rockets game was something else. Yeah. Let's start with that. Let's kind of blend them together. Let's make a cocktail of good and bad between these two Texas teams and uh, – We'll figure out where we stand. Well, it wouldn't be an all that jazz episode without complaining about AT&T Sportsnet. And Ooh, yeah. Let's get hot on that for a minute. So, yeah, I want to hear because you texted me. You're like, is the game working for you? Well, so like, let's yeah. walk through a chronological event of what happened, okay? Friday was my birthday. Happy birthday. He's an old man now. Thank you. I have reached the age where I can complain about back pain, sorenesses, illnesses, and pretty much every food gives me heartburn and makes me sick. <laughs> but that's where I'm at. For my birthday, electing to move away from the typical Sunday dinner, which is accustomed to many families, where gathering occurs on Sunday evenings or whatever, I elected to watch the jazz with my family. And so I call up my ma, and I say, Yo, ma, I want to watch the jazz game. What? I you call your watch- mother ma? I call my mom Ma, yeah, uh-huh. M-A. Wow. It's old school, I guess. Didn't know you are from the South. I didn't either. Um, <laughs> but anyways, I, I get a hold of my, my mother, and I say, Mom, I'm coming up for the jazz game. Route it, you know, crowd the troops and round them up, and let's get some pizza. Let's watch the jazz. I want to watch the jazz with my family. It's something that doesn't really get to happen with my two brothers, my dad, you know, their their families. And so uh, we, uh, we, we do that, and we all gather around the TV. I get there a little bit early. I have nothing to do, so I put on the pregame show where we're breaking down how great and awesome we are. And then 3 o'clock hits, which apparently I didn't know this, but the game was at 3 because it was an international mm-hmm. yeah. thing. Like we, we were putting it internationally, and the Jazz were pushing for that, mm-hmm. which I'm glad the Jazz followed our you know, our note, we, we have an international presence, Ben. Yeah. Man. Some of these very listeners may have been able to watch the game live because it was on at 3 p.m. Well, or whatever that? their time is there, you know. Well, 3 p.m. our time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I get over there, and the game starts. It's at 3 o'clock, and as they switch from the pregame show to the live stream of the game, complete blackout. What? Complete blackout. There's just nothing on the TV. And so instantly, I start assuming there's no way they could mess this up. We just went through this. It can't be Root Sports again. They couldn't have messed this up. You mean AT&T Sports? AT&T Sportsnet, formerly known as Root Sports. And so I start unplugging routers and boxes, or not routers, but the little inter- or the cable box and resetting them and turning it back on and trying to see if it's on another channel. My brother's fired up his Twitter account, and he's looking at 
you know, is anybody else experiencing this? And sure enough, there's a bunch of people out there that are confirming everything by saying, hey, AT&T Sportsnet, once again, you guys suck. <laughs> How many times can they drop the ball? How many times in a season can uh. you accidentally not broadcast the biggest money? Well, come on. What else are you going to put on? What else are you doing? No, they 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 don't want you to watch jazz games. I'm, they I'm, have made more errors than we have in broadcasting, <laughs> not in mono. <laughs> I'm convinced they just don't want people to watch jazz games. Like that, that is the only logical explanation at this point. I agree with you. I think they're trying to get out of our contract, and I think the Millers should stick it to the man. Give us free local broadcasts. All the hot businesses will jump in on it. We'll jump in on it. I will sponsor a segment uh, for a commercial as for long five as cents. Well, I was going to say five seconds. Oh, because that's about what I can afford, and it'll be a white screen that says "All that Jed pod- podcast." Listen now. That'll be the end of it, and then yeah. people will be like, "What the heck?" <laughs> I jump in though. Like let's let's yeah. get something going here, guys. So I pulled in my backup plan, which was to sign into the AT and T Sportsnet app, which is probably worse, right? It's old reliable. You know, oh. all the games where you guys couldn't watch them because the sound was bad or they decided to broadcast Denver University basketball or whatever the hell that was. We, uh, I, It was on the Sportsnet app. And so I pulled that up, and there we all watched, crammed around an iPad until the first quarter was over, and then it finally turned back on. So I missed the first quarter, which, you know, was unfortunate. Because the highlight from that Mavs game and some numbers that I'm stealing from a show that shall not be named but has to do with a radio broadcaster for the Utah Jazz. Ah, I think I know. Voice of the Utah Jazz? Voice of the Utah Jazz, David Locke. I know who you're talking about. Um, On his podcast, he kind of broke down the offensive rating by quarter for the Mavs, and it was like a 150 in the first quarter. Uh-huh. And then the Jazz woke up and decided to play defense. And it drops to 92, jumps back up to 96 for the third, and then finishes the game at 92. Yeah, I mean, the thing I noticed in that first quarter, besides the texts from you complaining about AT&T Sportsnet, was kind of Doncic and Porzingis. The stretch five and the guy that could get to the rim whenever he wanted really killed us. Like... Rudy struggles against shooting bigs, but also the fact that Porzingis is a rim protector really messed with us. Break down the other your other thoughts. Ben took ex- very detailed notes, and I have a lot of mm-hmm. thoughts based on these notes. And I want to hear the mind of a genius. Let's. What do you got? You talking about me? You. I've seen your notes. Yeah. Well, um, the first kind of half. Donovan was getting doubled on the pick and roll. He wasn't, you know, being decisive. If you can picture that where he kind of tries to split the double team or take a weird shot instead of kind of look for the pass or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. We were also just missing shots. We were. And it, for me, like I said, it was kind of tough because the game plan at the Hazeldine household was put the game on, stuff your face with pizza, watch the game. <laughs> and instead it was... Fire drill, figure out why the TV won't work, pull up a nap, sign in, go through all that crap, then eat pizza, and then it's like the whole first half's practically over, and I'm like, I'm so out of rhythm, I don't even know how to break this all down. Mm -hmm. So I'm relying on your thoughts from the first half. I kind of saw some of that. 
I also saw that uh, Luka Doncic, to quote um, Ben, is a 6'8 version of Chris Paul. Did I text you that? You did. Yeah, yeah. That's. It was, I mean, my whole thought on that was like, Doncic, it was like, when he would get to those... Is he not just an impressive... He's incredible. I, I was kind of like, man, we're really going to let this guy start in the All-Star game, and then I was like, okay. <laughs> no arguments. I mean, when he, when Rudy would get switched onto him, and then Doncic would get to the rim, and usually when that happens with guys, they kind of either pass it out or t- get blocked. Doncic was like... Moving, I don't even know how he did it, but he was finishing over Gobert on those, and I was like, he he just does a little bit of everything really, really, really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he didn't shoot the three ball well. He was two of ten that game. He, but, but he, every time he went up, I thought it was going in. I was talking about this last night with uh, Seth Esplin, Chandler Esplin, friend of the show, cousins of friends the show, of the friends show. of the show, and I was like. Luka Doncic, is it like if Joe Ingles, you just multiply Joe Ingles by 10? That is, I actually kind of like that comparison. Yeah. But he, he's an incredible passer. He plays good defense for the most part. Yeah, I mean, he's he, big enough. He's not, like, athletic, you know. No, but, like, the, you, you watch the guy play and you're like, this is not a 20-year-old that's out there doing this. Except like for he, he looks, is. Except for, <laughs> he, exactly, but he looks like he's like a 28-year-old vet. Yeah, exactly. That's got just like this grizzled, chiseled out vet that yeah. knows exactly how to play the game. And by all looks and appearances, I mean, that's that's kind of how the first half went is, you know, from the Jazz perspective, when I finally got everything up and running and I wasn't trying to watch on an iPad that, <laughs> well, you know, I'm, everybody crammed around an iPad thing that i kind of noticed is you know to your point we were i think we were a little bit like stuck in wait a minute we've been killing everybody for <laughs> two months exactly <laughs> mode and now we're playing with these other guys and it kind of took us a minute to figure out mm-hmm. how to to start moving the ball against a defense that's actually pretty good yeah i mean and and also steph kurt or not steph Seth. He, he played like Steph. Yeah, exactly. But Seth Curry was unbe- unbelievable. The other team doesn't have like three guys that are totally incompetent and should probably should oh, be yeah. in the G League. I mean, <laughs> and and the thing with the Mavericks that you kind of notice is they have shooters at every position, but they also like move move the crap out of the ball. I don't know what their assist percentage is, but the, like they are willing passers. Kind of the same style that we've grown accustomed to, to and yeah. wanted to play and modeled. Yeah. Um, Besides the you know, three Besides point having a, a, a seven two three shooter, yeah, uh, <laughs> just a seven footer that can just shoot threes like anyone else and bank them off the glass and yeah. all that kind of thing. It um, was a really good game though because was that not incredible? Yeah, we have Rudy. talked about this game and we have not mentioned one Rudy Gobert. Yeah, who did that not solidify his place in the All Star game this year? I uh, all all NBA MVP like candidate. That's where I was at. Like, I mean, it was raining down on him. I, I mean, mean, MVP chance from the rafters of Vivint Smart Home Arena. Uh, it was one of those games where if this was 2017, Rudy, even like 2000, even last year, Rudy, it would be hard to see him play that well. But he he really was just played his butt off. Um. The blocks, the the lawn right block was incredible. Yeah, we were going to have a segment called Rudy's Blocks, and we're just going to talk about for like twenty minutes, like 
how dumb just people are. crushes on blocks that we've got from Rudy Gobert yeah. because he had another one in the Rockets game mm-hmm. that went oh, on Austin Rivers. The Rockets game. Ugh. But uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. But this is Rudy Gobert's stat line, and I want to read this very slowly so that all of the coaches in the NBA who inevitably will vote on who's an all-star. They've already voted. Not, well, hopefully this changes their mind, and we'll pretend that we're pushing it out there and we get the right. I think Rudy's going to be an all-star. 37 minutes played. 8 of 8 from the floor. Guess what, folks? That's 100%. He was 0 from 0 from 3, but he did have 17 boards, 2 assists, and a couple of blocks. How many blocks? Let's look it up. 5? Was that the game? He did have 5. 5. 5 blocks that game. I mean, uh, it's, we, we I kind of glossed over it earlier, but we, Rudy does struggle against a... a Three-point shooting center. Porzingis is a very good shooter. But Rudy still made a huge effect despite that, which is something, which is just big improvement on his part. Yeah, I mean, it was just, that that game was literal perfection. Oh, yeah. End. And I, you know, the other thing that I thought from that game that kind of like made up from it was I also thought, and this was just a fan perspective, I know that Donovan takes winning personally. Mm-hmm. I know that he looks at schedules and he looks at games and he knows that he was amped up for that matchup against Luca. Yeah. You know? And I kind of felt like Donovan, as fabulous as he is and as gifted of a player and, and talent as he is in the NBA, especially in the clutch, sometimes he kind of gets like this superhero complex. Yeah. Where he, he... thinks that he's going to come out and dominate Luka Doncic from the beginning. Yeah, he just needed to slow down in that first half. Or the it first was a three little quarters. bit like he was trying too hard. Yeah. It's just he was taking uncomfortable shots, and then the fourth quarter happens, really, like where he just took over. Yeah, he did, and he was he was fantastic. But, you know, I you look at that game, and in a, in a day and age where we kind of thought, like, wow, this is Donovan's team, and I, it's, it still is. Rudy Gobert is just – so underappreciated in the NBA. And the proof of that was that final play. Yeah. I mean, I think we've talked about it a little on the show. It's like you kind of have to see, you have to look for it, um, the effect Rudy Gobert has. It's not just numbers. It's like just look what the opposing team does when Rudy's in the paint. They will. They are desperately afraid to take a layup like they are just so afraid of it, it, it's it's offense altering yeah it, it's not just like shots in the paint altering you are literally taking away some team's strength and strong point like their 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 team is based on getting to the rim mm-hmm. and you're wiping it off the floor with yeah. rudy gobert that let's walk through that uh i don't even know what you want to call it the miracle block the I can't believe, like, in the moment, I was watching um, with Spencer, uh, my brother. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. And that play happens, and Rudy Gobert closes out, and we see him. He doesn't have, like, DeLon Wright has the extra step, and we're like, oh, no. Like, Like, in slow motion, you see it, you're like, no. And then. Well, and at the time, if I'm not mistaken, we were ahead, too. It was a, so. a crucial stop, and, and you know, time 
not expiring, but to the point where were they like two for one at that point? Um, were they no, trying to go for the two for one like before the shot clock? No, and stuff? We, or was it after the twenty four? We seconds? we had gone for the two for one. Gotcha. And, so yeah. we had time left. That's what that's what it was. Walk us. You sent me a pretty interesting text where you talked about how Gobert a couple of years ago maybe did not have the wherewithal to not do a three sixty. <laughs> do you remember all this no okay we were talking on sunday and you, you made a comment where you said if you watch rudy's feet on that play he goes and instead of like stopping pivoting he like stops and the way he recovers he like opens back up to the defender what it was the only way that he possibly could have blocked mm-hmm. that shot well and also delon Wright went off the wrong foot which basically means he was trying to get the shot up as fast as possible was it because he was scared? Oh yeah, absolutely. So kind of like a an offensive wide receiver, or obviously a wide receiver is offensive, but a wide receiver in football, you hear footsteps coming and you can't catch the ball because you uh, yeah, kind of. But you like, know you're about to get munched. Yeah, but like the regular layup, you want your right foot in, and yeah. he had his left left leg up. If that makes. He had his left opposite up. footed jump. Yeah, yeah. for a right-handed player. And, and when you're doing that, you just want to get the shot. You want to get the layup as quick as possible because you think someone's behind you. And it didn't matter because Rudy recovered. Which <sighs> wow. I like wow. possibly one of the highlights of the season for me. Mm-hmm. We had a segment at the beginning of the year where I freaked out and I started going nuts because then the phrase I kept using was Rudy called game. His game, he had Rudy hit another game winner, mm-hmm. and it was a block shot again, or like a defensive series again. And I think this one tops the whole list. Absolutely, it's an emotional game. We're behind the entire time. We, we somehow weasel our way yeah. back into the game. We weren't good. We make them make mistakes down the stretch, and it all comes down to this play. And on defense, our best player stands out above the rest. Yeah, I. I'm not, I'm I'm at a loss because of how incredible it was. I started incoherently texting Ben, <laughs> just uppercase letters in no particular order, and he responded and asked if it was my four-month-old who had stolen my phone and started texting. And I said, "No, I just can't verbalize what I just said." It was all right. You're <laughs> I screenshot it because I was like, "What?" This was five nineteen. It's it's Rudy TTG, Rudy YYG, Holkes's Beans, Skynzer Winslock. <laughs> so let me, let me just. I was literally. I had my phone out for you people watching us on YouTube. I was just pressing my thumbs like as fast as I could in uppercase because that was like what was coming out of my mouth. Like it was. I was. I was on cloud nine. Just so ecstatic and so happy for Rudy and so just pumped that he got that block. I could not believe it. I thought he was beat. He somehow recovers, and then I thought it was goaltending. Yeah. And it wasn't. Yeah, and the thing I noticed uh, in the first half was we weren't running much pick and roll. We've, we've talked about this on the show at nauseum. But the Jazz rely heavily on pick and roll, and it's kind of the basis of what it's gets our, our offense. offensive identity. Yeah. And the first half, we weren't really doing it. Second half, we started doing it. We started getting buckets. But also another thing was, like, 
we isolated when we needed to in the fourth quarter, and I'm talking about Boyan and Donovan. Uh, when we needed a bucket, both of those guys got us a bucket, which, made, like, because that game was a playoff game. That game was 100% felt uh, like a playoff game. Sold out, and, and we talked about that a little bit off air. Mm-hmm. Would that not be a fantastic series? I don't know. I don't want to play against them. But, yes, it would be fantastic. I do, and it's because none of those guys know what it's like to be in the playoffs. I, mean, and I don't know what it would yeah. take, like because I think they're probably going to be in the four, six, four, five range somewhere in there. Yeah, and, uh, we're gonna hopefully be, uh, we're like in the two range. The, the goal, <laughs> the goal is the one seed, um, so we don't have to play one of the LA teams until the conference finals. But yeah, I don't know if we'll get the one seed at this point. Kind of hard to believe that we will. I, everyone, I, I kind of thought the Lakers would flame out by this point. And they haven't. They've stayed very, very good. And I've thought about this, like, with this Kobe Bryant thing, uh, it's kind of the perfect story for the Lakers to win the championship this year. I hope not, because our window's not. This was our year, man. Come on. Kobe won his titles. I feel really bad, but we're Jazz fans. We need a title, too. We do. The Lakers can win it next year. And the year after, for all I care. This year, the window's open, and it's ours. Yeah. It's ours for the taking. Not saying that we're title contenders, but at the same time, I We am. are. We are. Um, any last thoughts from that Mavs game? Um, I This was the first Conley game where I was like, all right, I want him to start playing better. You know, I was, I was losing a little patience with Conley. Explain yourself. It's not that I'm asking him to do a whole lot. I'm just asking him to be what he was before he came here. It feels like every guy we acquire just sucks when we get him. Uh, obviously, that's not the reality. It just feels that Bogey way. Bogey doesn't suck. Bogey's incredible. Um, I I don't know. I'm I'm not losing patience with Conley, but it's like the seeds are there. What uh, with his play, and I, and it's kind of a, th- a thread that maybe can carry us from this high that we were on with the Mavs, <laughs> you know, where in a lot of ways it almost felt like we stole that game. Absolutely. The, um, that's a – I was I was thinking about this. That was a game that championship teams steal, you know. Yeah. I mean, the, the opponent is playing fantastic, and they're skilled and they're good, and we somehow got in there and fought back, and our defense clinched down, and we end up still in the game. And I kind of want to, you know, I haven't really had my eye on Conley as much. I still, I think he's still in my free pass mm-hmm. category. What about his play do you think is lacking? From the Mavs game and from the Houston game, this would kind of be the thread that transitions mm-hmm. us to the woes of last night. Well, it's, it, I mean, everything besides him hitting shots is actually good. So, do you think he just needs to see the ball go in a little bit more? Yeah, I really do. But the ball movement, he's moving the ball, his defense is there. Um, he's obviously been a good teammate throughout this whole thing, but it's like we, he just, it's confidence. I, from what I've seen, it's, he doesn't have the same kind of energy that he had last year when he was on the Grizzlies where he had this kind of like toughness attitude about him when he played grit, yeah, grit, grit and grind Grizzlies. But I mean, the right-handed floaters, he would all, those would always go in the the finishing around the rim he's not the same i'm just worried that he's regressed that's my biggest concern really yeah. i 
I kind of have this weird thought going through my head. And we go on this huge win streak where we win 10 in a row. Um, they were showing the graphic last night, which we want to talk about the Houston game. We'll get to it, but I'll get to it after this Conley thought. But the reason we lost that game was because of Matt Harpering. Oh, In the boy. pregame show, he said, I don't want to say, quote, I don't want to say this is a trap game because I think this Jazz team's too good, but I'm a little bit nervous. <laughs> and I'm like, Harpering, you idiot. You've just doomed us from the start. Like, come on, man. And he even went on as far as to say, like, the Jazz played in a really emotional game on Saturday, and tonight Harden and Westbrook aren't playing. I'm Matt Harpering, and I endorse this message. And I was like, Harpering, come on. Like, why would you say that, man? Yeah. Like, don't even say the word trap game. Not around this team. But I started thinking about it, and I, I've been doing some reading, and one of the things that I've kind of seen come up was, first of all, strength of schedule. We played a lot of dogs in the month of January, and we won a lot. The other thing that I saw come up was, are we peaking too early? Mm, I don't think we're peaking. So this is my thought, because a lot of people were like the Jazzer – choosing the wrong time to peak here as if it's really a choice i mean these guys are not trying to peak or valley at any given time (laughs) you know they're trying to play their best every night yeah i think bringing conley back and having him become more and more integrated although it is through a tough part of the schedule i think it's going to be what ends up being the real hardening of this team it's going to end up being the glue that pushes us through this I still believe in Mike Conley. I still believe that he's going to figure it out. But you remember how we had to go through the tough part before it got good in December? It's been a, it's been a long time, Zach. <laughs> well, with, I'm, with saying, I'm saying it has been. But with injuries and stuff like that, remember how we had to get good without him? Mm-hmm. And then we got really, really good. I'm yeah. kind of hoping this maybe brings us back down to earth makes us concentrate and it pushes us up yeah. to a whole new level so so are we, we ready to talk about the rockets game that transitions is us to the rockets game i have a confession to make i only watched the first half of this can i ask why so yeah i went to um a sundance movie did you what movie it was called blast beat how was it it was good it was how good. was that experience i've never been to sundance it was uh it was a fun experience would you ever go to another one yeah definitely was it really artsy? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Did you meet anyone famous? Uh, no, but the director of the movie was at the thing, and he did a Q&A at the end, and that was really cool. Did you ask him anything? No. I right. Come on. Anyways, uh, I saw the score. I went with... Question. What is oh, the best boy. bear? <laughs> That's what I would have said. <laughs> <laughs> we Okay, we reference at the office, Hot Rod, Bears, Hot Rod Hunley. Beats... Battlestar Galactica. Oh, man. <laughs> Anyways. I lost. Oh, yeah. I saw the score. Can I sum up the second half for you? Yeah. But one second. Um, I saw the score, and I was like, okay, I'll try watching it. I watched the first half, and I was like, you know what? If these guys aren't going to try, neither am I. So, yeah. You went to Sundance. I went to Sundance. Hope you enjoyed yourself. Yeah. This is how I would describe the second half. We've all been in that one friend's car that just will never start for some reason. <laughs> it's like you're in a hurry, you got to get somewhere. And they get in the car, and they turn the key, and it makes that car start starting sound. And it stops, and they like pull the key out, jiggle it, and, oh, hold on, it'll, it'll get going. Turn it back in. Doesn't start again. 
that was what that entire game felt like. It was like we were stuck in a car in the freezing cold, late to going to a jazz game or a Sundance movie film, and you're on a strict timeline. Mm. And instead of getting there on time, your friend's car never starts, and you end up just being frustrated. Well, time. and like it's it's snowing, and the snowing is the fifty free throws. There's a lot to unpack with yeah. this. And that was kind of how I felt watching the game. Was like we just never got going. Like, yeah, what the heck? You know, not only did we shoot bad, but like the officiating was all they, they out free throwed us by double, and well, they shot also, literally they, fifty three throws. They were they were more aggressive getting the rim. It felt like, but. well, it, it, they were they were, and that game plan happened. But it was like things that you would think not would not work against this team. Mm-hmm. It was like. We're going to play one-on-one with Aaron Gordon. He's going to get to the hole and score. Yeah. It's like, okay, guys, when are we going to stop this? I, I watched the first half, and that whole time I was thinking, like, oh, so no one's, like, no one, it seemed like no one had their thoughts in basketball. They Well, and I, I honestly, so the other things that I thought were, I kind of thought there was a lot of, and, and deservingly so, I did think there was a lot of, like, kind of somberness to the game because of the Kobe Bryant news. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of guys on the team took it personal. They, If you watched any of the pregame, they did a little tribute. The Jazz did. They did one before the game. And the players spoke you know, to media that day about everything. But I kind of felt like we were, we were very – it was a very uninspiring game. Oh, yeah. That was the words that I used while texting people last night about it was it was just – we were just completely flat. You know, and I kind of do wonder if we got a little too rattled. Yeah, I just you know, and I I'd, I'd never you know blame someone for I just didn't how think, they deal with things, but yeah, I just didn't think the effort was there, and I didn't think they were even caring about the game. Honestly, no, we were very disengaged and disinterested, and not to mention from it all. I mean, we we shot an abysmal percentage from three, mm-hmm. and it kind of started going in the second half. We made it interesting. I think there was a point where. It was either like 68 to 72 or it was like 78 to 82. It was something like that where we pulled within, you know, four or five points in the third mm-hmm. quarter. And then they went on like a 9-1 run. And that was pretty much it. And we yeah. kept trying to fight back. We kept trying to make it interesting. Rudy Gobert had another incredible block where I thought he was – you remember that one year when he got put in the spin cycle by Steph? Yeah. Where, like, Steph, like, mm-hmm. kind of crossed him once, got Rudy to – turn his shoulders back towards the basket and then step back and then when Rudy countered to get back to him he mm-hmm. just blew right by him and Rudy looked yep. like a giraffe on stilts mm-hmm. <laughs> Austin Rivers tried that same thing and it almost worked except for Rudy recovered yeah. and Rivers tried to just do like this little like off like backhanded flip up towards the basket Rudy chases it down blocks him flexes on him I kept trying to see if he accidentally accidentally in quotes bumped his head with his like shin as he walked past but it was kind of one of those things it's like you know what austin rivers you little punk dealt with you for far too long <laughs> get out of my house you know what i mean yeah yeah Ugh. i i just want to beat the rockets is that too hard to ask that? just when i said too that i wasn't scared of any nba team the rockets go off and do that yeah against uh i just want to beat the rockets and are they uh, the question is, are they better without James Harden and Russell Westbrook and Clint Capella? Because that might be a case. <laughs> that might be something. Dan Tony's like, 
Aaron Gordon's really good. And <laughs> Eric, you, you mean Eric? Eric Gordon, sorry. Wrong yeah. Aaron. Sorry, no, that's good. Eric Gordon, yeah, that guy, he turned into... Turn into Kobe Bryant for a game. Channeled his inner Kobe. Yeah, it was more of a James Harden game, for being honest, getting shooting 20 free throws and dropping 50. But, yeah, I'm pretty pissed off about that. And also, I think it was an emotional hangover with, you know, the Kobe Bryant news and stuff like that. So, do you have any last thoughts from the... Yeah, well, not the game's... Uh, there were two things that I thought was were kind of funny. Uh, Vernon Maxwell, former NBA player, lit the entire state of Utah on fire. Did you see this? I didn't think you were going to bring it up because uh, now I'm pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was funny. I, I don't know who Vernon Maxwell thinks he is, <laughs> but I'll tell you what. Come on the All That Jazz podcast. We'll give you a piece of my mind. <laughs> Vernon. Here's what he said. He said, so here's the reason I'm in Utah. I decided to offer a free, free clinic to the best young shooters in the state as a truce to try and mend my relationship with Utah fans. Here are the best shooters that the state had to offer. It was basically a bunch of scrubs and couldn't make a shot. It was like a bunch of <laughs> kids in a gym that were doing like 360 half-court shots. Well, the other one that he said a couple of years ago that I still think is funny. He said, I'd like to apologize to Jazz fans that were offended by my tweets. If you knew, I, if I knew you guys had an internet in Utah, I would have never made those tweets. All I have to say is, <laughs> who says that they made tweets? Don't All you right. tweet tweets? I think it's funny, okay? I don't. I'm offended, and it's because I'm a Jazz fan, and I take everything personally, and I'm a homer. I got no problem admitting that, yeah. and I am anti Vernon Maxwell. Although I do appreciate a good uh, a good ribbing, as long as it can go back and forth friendly. Mm-hmm. Here's uh, another thing Gordon Hayward tweeted out because Kobe dropped sixty on him, and they've been replaying that. And he says uh, it has co- also come to my attention that there's a story going around tonight about an intentional lane violation that I took to ensure Kobe would get a 60th point in his final game, and many are applauding me for the gesture. The fact of the matter is that is not true. So I just want to be like, this isn't even anti-Gordon Hayward. This is like Haywood. Haywood, your PR skills are horrible. Why would you think to tweet this when it's it's literally a lose lose? It's no, I didn't do this on purpose. It's I was this dumb that I I let him. I didn't know that I was letting him get a 60th point. It's not, hey, you know, I was rooting for Kobe. It's, no, no, no. I'm actually bad at what I do, and I well, let him get a free throw. I don't want to jump to the defense of Haywood because I have a couple thoughts around this. But who calls a lane violation in the NBA now? <laughs> actually, you'd be surprised. Uh, it happens like every once in a while, but I feel like like literally every free throw in the NBA you could call lane violation on, by definition of the book. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just like the night. That's did, true. I, if anything, who's the ref, man? Who? What kind of a ref is calling this? No, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying. Think about it from Hayward's perspective. Haywood. Hey, I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> Either, if he says nothing, it's like, well, he's not a true competitor. All right, which. You should probably just say nothing, right? Right. He, but instead he says, no, no, I, I, wa- I wasn't thinking. I didn't do that on purpose. 
So you were dumb enough to get a lane violation? Is that like, I just don't get it. Here was my thought about the Haywood tweet. Why couldn't you have said something, like, how long was that, like four tweets? Yeah, I read one. Did he make four tweets? Yeah, which I'm shocked. Paul Vernon Maxwell? I'm shocked his manager didn't write it for him. If you look at his Twitter account, it's so robotic. I am Gordon Haywood. It's I like, think Gordon Haywood might be like Gabe in the office. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my name's Gabe. Oh, oh. Corporate doesn't like me. Oh, That made my day, Zach. You're welcome. Made my day. I, I think I found a, an accurate comparison that accurately sums up who Gordon Haywood is. He is like Gabe from the office. Just and the reason why I say that is because... Why didn't you st- use your make a tweet to pull a Vernon Maxwell? Make a tweet and thank Gail. You just typed out four things. You could still thank Gail, <laughs> and do it publicly in the right way and put it to rest. I like it. I like it. Oh, oh, my name's you know that episode where Stanley, um, or not Stanley, Kevin makes fun of Gabe because <laughs> they make fun of Kevin for being the Cookie Monster, and then Gabe <laughs> is like trying to make them all stop. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Kevin gets back at him like, oh, oh, I'm a beanpole. Yeah. Oh. I needed a laugh. That Gabe comparison was just what I needed. I think it's right, too. I yeah. think I kind of got that one spot yeah. on. Um, looking ahead, I kind of want to spend a minute looking at the next schedule, or next little bit of the schedule, between what we're going to face between now and next Tuesday when the next All That Jazz podcast drops, which I know all you kids are happy about or mm. looking forward to. Or unhappy about if you hate listen. Well, I don't think we have any of those yet. We're not famous enough. We've got the San Antonio Spurs on the 29th. The spread on that is even. And we then play on the next day, the 30th, so we play Wednesday and Thursday Mm -hmm. of this week against the Denver Nugs. Yeah. I I just hope we win both of those games. I'm not asking for too much, I hope. We also play on Saturday against the Blazers. And then again next Wednesday. So we do have a weird stretch with no basketball. We go yeah. Saturday to Wednesday without a game where we play the Nugs again. So the three games we have between now and the end, or, or next week's broadcast, are the, um, who did I just say? You said Spurs, Spurs Nuggets, Nugs. Blazers. Yeah. Ben, how many of those do you think we win? You know what? I'll say all three. Do you think we rattle off three in a row? Yep, I do. What do you think needs to happen? To get us through this change or down, let down that we had on Monday night, I think we got the bad game out of our system. I really do. I think that was, that Rockets game was one in eighty-two. That didn't really mean much. That's what Just I said for it. Didn't pan out the way we thought it would. Yeah. What do you think? And I kind of already asked you this. What do you think we need to see from Conley that would change your mind? From being someone you're worried about to being someone that you're... I just want to see him be aggressive. Like I have a little bit more confidence. I, I, just get to the rim, get fouled, you know, make the defense want, like, have to guard you, don't settle, that kind of thing. But, I mean, I'm not concerned because he's still... I, is he still on a minutes restriction? You know, I think that's kind of up in the air. And I, I should have... We, we were going to play a game show tonight called Quinn's Cap where we talk about what... Um, what the Jazz needs to do in order to right ourselves from a bad game. And I kind of walked into this segment with 
forgetting to say we're playing Quinn's cap. Mm-hmm. Ben's putting on Quinn Snyder's cap right now, and he is telling us what the Utah Jazz need to do in order to start winning again. Not that we're, you know. And I think Ben kind of highlighted some good things. It's 182. We need to be Conley. We need you to be aggressive. What else would you say? I would just say, like, it's it's really simple stuff that the Rockets game I felt like we didn't do because it was not really being self-aware. We were a step slow. We just didn't look like we had the energy for it. Um, it's kind of the opposite of that. Just play opposite of how we did in the Rockets game where you're there, you're energized. Honestly, I feel like if we're just active, that's – you know, 70% of the, the issues we face as a team. Because I think the shooting, we have enough shooters that will come around and we have the scoring threats that will be all right. Okay. That's kind of my thought. That's that's If you're Quinn Snyder, that's the message you're giving to the team? Also, just, like, use the pick and roll as much as you can. You know, don't be afraid to pick and roll with Rudy or Tony Bradley. I'm excited to see how we fare against some of these teams that we haven't played yet. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're going to have the, the Spurs and Nuggets game are going to be interesting. We bring in a game against Popovich, which is always, you know, it's kind of like that Mavs game. You you had the yeah. highlight of saying, look at this chess match between it Quinn was. and Carlisle. It was, just the adjustments they were making. I'm not like X is no like, genius guy, but like you could kind of just tell the, the – subtle things they were they going were at it man yeah. like and it was even like who it was, was subbing in when and like mm-hmm. came down to the details and i feel like when you play popovich it's like that on steroids yeah it'll be fun so but i do think we beat the spurs i'm actually more afraid of the spurs than the nuggets or the trailblazers i don't why? know i don't know why i the thing that so a couple things we've got the uh i think we beat the spurs i actually don't think we beat the nuggets Oh really? On a back to back, like the oh, Nugs it's on are, a back to back. Yeah, we play them on Thursday night, and so that oh, the Kevin Malone squad is they're they're teed up, and they know they Kev, need, did you say Kevin Malone? <laughs> <laughs> What's their coach's name? Mike Mike Malone Kevin <laughs> Kevin Malone. I got an office on the mind. Oh, Freudian slip from the office. Yeah, I need um, a good laugh. Well, there's two for in one episode. Yeah, I'm. I apologize to the people. People who hate The Office and listen to this, we're sorry. Yeah. People apologies. who love The Office, listen. Kevin Malone. There's more of that. <laughs> Mike Malone, um, I think he's another guy. This squad's going to be fired up to face us. Mm-hmm. Um, if they were up to the Pac-12, this would be the Rocky Mountain rivalry. Yep. But it's not. Um, but however, I do think the Nuggets and us, I think we clash. I think there is a little bit of bad blood there. I'm just not afraid of the Nuggets. I'll say it. I'm not either, but I want to take them on when we're not playing a back-to-back. Yeah. Or if it is, then we get them on the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm worried about that, but I do think we beat the Portland Trailblazers. So Hopefully. I'm Hopefully. projecting we go 2-1 and one over the next three. Yep. The loss against the Nugs. That's all I got. That's all I got. You want to get us out of here with any closing thoughts? Any words of wisdom for these fine folks that listen to our show? Take note. Go Jazz. Take note. Go Jazz. We love you. We'll catch you all next week.